0: How do we know how many melachot we're not allowed to do on Shabbat? This is my question. In the Torah itself, it just merely states, kol melacholosaseh, or "Be yom shabbos uh, shoma you know, keep the Shabbos, but it doesn't tell us what we can't do. So the source for the 39 melachos originates uh, in a, a, a Gemara in Shabbos 49, in which the following machlokas is uh, revealed. Omar Rabbi Barchama, the source for the 39 malochas, Keneged Avoda Samishkan. It is paralleled and substituted for whatever was done in constructing the Mishkon. So that if there were 39 expressions of construction, that were used in the Mishkan, building, for instance, bone <laughs> erasing, deconstructing, then those became the reverse. They became the substitute to be not allowed on Shabbat. It's a very beautiful idea, and we'll come back to that, that when God created the world, it said, Vayichulu or its V'chol Tzavahom, and God completed on the seventh day, Melachto, Melocha, work. So if the creation of the world involved certain Melachot, of creating, as we know in the first seven days of creation, so in the creation of the Mishkan, which is a microcosm of the world, there were acts of creation in creating the Mishkan. And if God rested on the Sabbath day, so therefore the acts that we did in creating the Mishkan were now uh, forbidden. They would now become forbidden. And those are the basis for Rabchanina's posture. And remember, this is written in the 5th century, so we're looking back and trying to tie... Torah Shabal Pair with all its halachas, which had been around for five, ten, five, six, seven centuries, the Mishnah was in the first and second century, with the written law, which had nothing to say about what's allowed and what's not allowed. Clearly, there was a polemic. As you know, that's how I feel. Nothing is written without a polemic. And the polemic was clearly those who felt that only the written Torah had authority. Like the Karaites and the Tsudukim. And we are the children of the Perushim. And so the 39 Malochas applied to Perushim. What would Karaites do? They'd sit in a dark house and eat cold food the entire Shabbos because of the written word, Losasa Malocha, any Malocha. And that's part of the reason we're so insistent on having a chalent. <laughs> the chalent represents the Pharisaic interpretation of Shabbat, in which you're allowed to show lant, leave slowly, and warm it slowly. So that is Rabbi Hanina's posture. Now comes a different idea. And um, the different idea is Rabbi Yochanan in the name of Ben Lokanya. Rabbi Yonason, in the name of Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi ben Lakunya, and he says that the thirty-nine malochas are derived from the thirty-nine times that the Torah mentions a form of the word Melacha. Very interesting. Meaning, he's looking back and saying, we got all these rules about Shabbat, and he makes this claim. Uh, that the word, a form of the word malocha, whether it's malocha, meleches, uh, or malachto, is written thirty-nine times, and that explains why. That explains why. Now, what's the difference between the two? Rabbi Hanina is telling us a thematic idea that on Shabbat we don't do anything that was used in the construction of the Mishkan and there were 39 expressions of the construction of the Mishkan, therefore there are 39 Malachot. Rabbi Yochan in the name of Lacunia says, I can actually relate it to the semantic count of the words Malacha. There are 39 Malachas because there are 39 times uh, Malacha is mentioned, by the way, if you count, it's over 60. (laughs) So all the Rishonim, I'm not going to go into that today. That's a whole sheer for those who are bean counters. But I, 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 I quoted Rav Menachem Kasha, who lived on the west side. He wrote Torah Shlema. He cited a sefer, Netzach Yisrael, of Rav Yisrael Segal in 1741, that if you take out the word Melocha in its raw form, with no prefix or suffix, meleches or malachto, this reduces the total uh, to 40. But of course, then you have to amend the text of the Gemara, because the Gemara actually did say uh, one of the forms of melakha is malacha. But people are quetching the Marsha and the, everyone's quetching how, how do I squeeze 39 forms of malacha to make it fit the number? I mean, you set yourself up when you do stuff like that. Okay. Now comes my interesting critique. A uh, Rabbi Yosef raises an objection. And what does Rabbi Yosef say? Are you telling me, Rab Lacunia, Ben, ben Lacunia, uh, that every instance of melacha had to do with Shabbos or the Mishkan? Can I give you an example? And the example comes from the verse that we will uh, explore today. Joseph comes home, meaning Potiphar's house, to do his melacha. What was he? He was a bookkeeper. So he comes to do his melacha. And Rab Yosef says, are you going to show me that bookkeeping is Osir Shabbos because Yosef was doing his bookkeeping? That surely can't be. In fact, this wasn't a construction of Mishkan activity at all. So what are you going to do about that? And that brings us into what was the malacha that Yosef was doing. And the in Sota 36 asks that very question. And this takes me down that rabbit hole of Joseph and his work. And the Machlokas is between none other than Rav and Shmuel. One says he did his usual work. That was book Bookkeeping. And the other says uh, he did a different type of task, a different kind of malacha, a different type of work, and that was the seduction of Mrs. Potiphar. (laughs) So surely if that was the work he was doing, that can't be one of the malachas that we're going to count for Shabbos, says Rabbi Yosef. (laughs) So I left it at that. Um, in the Gemara on my Duff ditty because I didn't know where to go with that. And so I want to take you down the road I was leading and I was struggling with it and it usually takes till Friday night for me to have the peace of mind and the Kedusha of Shabbos and my beautiful four-walled study where I can just think. So it came to me on the next Duff and the Duff has to do uh, with what kind of detergents you can use. And the detergents that. Uh, detergent, what kind of uh, detergent. What kind of detergent you can use? On Shabbos. And the problem is, some detergents cause hair loss. And therefore, that would be a problem. And and I don't want to go into the Shakulvatarya, but we're in the Sugya of. Um, Different types of salves for wounds, and there mustn't be a kind of side effect that would be a melacha on Shabbos. So the kinds of detergents that you could wash with, Amema and Ravashi uh, washed with this detergent called Barda, B A R D A, and Barda was a combination of, to quote Jastro. It was a cosmetic lotion used as a detergent, and it was a mixture of aloes, myrtle, and violet. Okay, a third aloe, a third myrtle, and a third violet. Very nice. So Rav Sheishas permitted its use, remember his name, Rav Sheishas, permitted its use to wash with on Shabbos since it only contained only a third of aloe and no more. And Reb Nechemia allowed up to a half, 50% aloe. What's the problem? The disagreement is the percentage of aloe in that myrtle and violet compounds that we call the detergent. So they disagreed on how much aloe might cause inadvertent hair loss, which would be a malacha on shavus in the process of washing, washing due to the aloe content. Okay, so one day, they're all sitting on shavas, Amema and Ravashi noticed when they were washing themselves that marzutra refrained from using barda at all and said to him, "Don't you know Rasheshius is heta? don't you know that Ravsheshius allows what well, do you have a problem with the aloe content? do you have a problem with with using it?" This was the question to Ravsheius so you have to understand that that Amema and Mazutra, are washing and doing their hair and getting their face done, and they're using a, an aloe com- combination. And they they didn't go as far as Red Nachemia, who allowed a 50% aloe confidence, but they did a third, a third, and a third. And they noticed that uh, Mazutra wasn't in doing it. He was very from. And they asked him, you don't use barda at all on shabbos? Don't you know about Rav is heta that you can? so?" comes along Rav Mordechai to inform them that Mazutra had another problem altogether with barda. He had a problem with barda on Shabbos, on Sunday, on the weekday, as Dr. Zhu says, up the hill, down the hill, in a tree, off the tree. They had a problem, he has a problem with barda all the time. Why? Because the use of barda by men violated the prohibition, a separate prohibition, nothing to do with Shabbos, but with the Torah's prohibition of lo geva al isha, ve yilbash geva simlas isha. The Torah elokeh Kol There's a prohibition in the Torah of men dressing in drag and women dressing in men's clothes. It's a Midiarisa, Deuteronomy 22 5. Look, I'll call it lo silbashgeva, but it means equally applying to men and women. Woman shouldn't wear that which pertaineth to a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. Whoever does this, it's an abomination. Cross dressing. Is this stuff that causes hair loss? Well, no. He's saying this has nothing to do with Hilchish Shabbos. I'm saying, but we separately said that aloe causes hair loss. Right. And now we're finding out that women use this cosmetic. Women use the cosmetic that caused hair loss. So the side effect of using too much aloe caused well, hair so loss. So the women knew what they were doing. They knew the right combination of a third, a third, and a third. According to Marzutra, uh, and Amema, Sorry, Amema and ravashi. According to Amema and ravashi, using a third and a third and third won't cause hair loss. According to Rav Nechemi, you can go use up to 50% aloe and it won't cause hair loss. So why isn't Rav Sheishis participating? They want to sit down. They want to get, you know, groomed to Davan for Shabbos. And he's not doing it. And he's saying this has nothing to do with Shabbos. You can't do it on Shabbos and you can't during the week, gentlemen, because... Lo silbash. Well, wait a minute, what's this got to do with dressing? This is about anointing your hair and detergent. So the rabbis had expanded the Midyaraisa prohibition of lo silbash, the lo sil- yilbash geva simlas isha, is expanded to perfumery, detergents, and lotions that women might use. So mazutra is refraining from a whole different reason. Yilbash Yilbashkeva, because he is expanding the notion of cross-dressing to cross-perfuming, to cross-detergents, to cross-anything, okay? So never mind Shabbos. Even during the week, Mazutra would have refrained from using Vada. Now, what am I telling you all this detergent, lotion stories from? What about Amema and Ravashi? Now the Gemara, the anonymous Gemara, Maybe th- two centuries later, the final editor of the Gemara says, well, what about what about Amemah and Ravashi? What are they doing? Like Shabbos. But never mind Shabbos. What are they doing with uh, w- with Mazutra's interdiction and prohibition of putting on women's lotion? What are they doing? So clearly, the anonymous Gemara is going to find a reason to justify these early Amoraim for doing what they do on Shabbos. And so a uh, briser, it's anonymous, it's a later briser, the editor suggests a person can use barda because of a pasuk in Mishlei, Proverbs 16, mm-hmm. The Lord has made everything for his own purpose, meaning everything in creation has a purpose. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. So everything in this world has been created. lemaanehu. So in a beautiful drush, he suggests lemaanehu means that it is created for his covert. Even the combination of aloe, myrtle and violet. That beautiful compounding um, is created for his purpose and his glory. And then Rashi says, for his glory, as it says, "Betzalem ilokim bara Odom. shofech dam haadam ba adam damo yishofech." After Noah, in Parshas Noah, the spilling of blood shall be meted out with punishment of the same spilling to the murderer. Ki betzalem ilokim asar es haadam. So we have here beautiful, Rashi's bringing this beautiful posuk to explain the posuk in Mishle. Lamanehu for his covered, the reason we wash and look good and put on makeup and, and use detergents is so that our tselem elokim, we're the tselem elokim, is shined up. It's Lama It's for his covert. So when I'm doing something to myself that's appropriate and proper for my covert it's called covert meaning you can't go to shul smelling and stinking. You need to have covert You have to have honor for others who are smelling you. So that covert is because of the covert of the Selam Elohim, according to Rashi. It's beautiful. Meaning, so the rationalization against. Marzutra's Frumkite about not drink doing anything about w- w- women's lotion and low Yilbash is paralleled with a posse uh, from Mishlei. I don't know, there's a bit of a weight here on the Torah Dick verses, but at least the anonymous Gomorrah has brought a kind of rationalization for why Amema and Ravashi. Would in fact have used the depillary, or at least the detergent, to the point of not losing hair on shovels. So it turns out that cleanliness is after, is after all close to godliness, like our Victorian schoolmistresses taught us. But the interesting struggle here is between beautifying yourself, implying effeminate practices violating low yieldbush, versus beautifying the very face created in God's image. And that, my good friends, at three in the morning, triggered my answer to the previous Dov's page about the Malachus of Shabbos and Yosef. Let's go into that critical verse that the previous Gemara Reb Yosef had a problem in counting this malacha, this one instance of malacha, as one of the malachas of Shabbos. Yosef, to'ar, And Joseph was yefas to'ar and yefas marah. That's only used by his mother, Rachel, which caused Jacob to fall in love with her. And now it is conferred upon Joseph. And Rashi looks up the very next verse, when it said, kayo, And Joseph came to do his malachto. The next verse is, Adonav es And Potiphar's wife lifted up her eyes, El-Yosef. Shich what happened between the two is bothering Rashi. What happened between and he came home? He should have gone up to the bookkeeping room, sat there with his pen, and do the books. What happened between the malachto of Joseph and the trigger to vatisor Eshes Adunah? And there are amazing midrashim, not just in Chazal. Um, I found midrashim in the story of Hippolytus and Phaedra the Islamic version of the Qur'an, the poets Firdasi and Jami, the, these Persian poets, and of course, uh, Thomas Mann. Now, I'm going to restrict myself to rabbinic midrash, but they are pretty radical. One of the midrashim says, Vaihi Kayom, it was on that day. What day was it? Kayom Hazer. Why do we need to be known? Hayom Hazer? HaChodesh Hazer. What, when it says, Hayom Hazer, it should have said, Vayihi Kayom. It was on uh, any, any day that he came to do the books. No, it wasn't any day. It was, according to different Mephorashim, either the day of the Nilus, the Nile god, or it was the Torah Tamimah, actually calls it the Id. The Torah Tamimah says it was the end of Ramadan. It was a day of celebration. So, of course, on a day of celebration, all the men were out there's no one in the house except the women, and there's this amazing medrash that he came to do his work, but he was yafas toer ve-yafas He was the most beautiful person uh, in in Egypt, and Mrs. Potiphar was showing him off to her friends because the men were out at celebrating. So she's sitting there with all the Egyptian women, and he she asks Yosef to pour a jug of wine. And as he's pouring to each of the women, they happen to be cutting an esrug with a sharp knife. And the blood started dripping from their hands because they got so enamored with him, they didn't realize they were cutting themselves. I mean, that's the power of his beauty. She was showing him off of how beautiful it was. So, Vatiso Eshes Adonov is in El Yosef, and so she comes along and says, sleep with me, sleep with me. Now, in fact, earlier in his life, this Yefas Toeva, Yefas Mere, didn't just, he wasn't just born with it, but he cultivated it. When it says, in the beginning of the Parsha, "Ela told us Yaakov, Yosef ben Sheva'ez Reishonah, he was 17, he was tending to the sheep of his brothers. Vuhu na'ar. You just got told me he's 17. What do you have to add? Vahu Na'ar. And he was a lad. So the Midrash says, excuse me, he was 17 years old and you still call him a boy? <laughs> the Midrash is bothered by that redundant word, Nar, Rather, he would engage in the deeds of girls, apply makeup to his eyes, curl his hair, and dangle his heels. Now, dangle the heels comes from a midrash in Eicha in which the Benos Yerushalayim had a pocket of perfume in their heels. And as a young man would walk by, they would click it and the perfume would be released. This is called clicking the heels. So it's a very feminine thing to do to attract a man. And this is one of the Midrashim in Eich to show how far the city had degenerated. So makeup of the eyes, curling of the hairs, and dangling of his heels. So the juxtaposition of v'yehi Yosef yefei toah v'yefei mare here goes back to the first time it was mentioned when we are introduced to Joseph as a young man of 17, Vahu naar where he's doing things which are very effeminate. So his master's wife casted glances at him. This allows Rashi to cite God's displeasure. Why is she casting glances at you? Your father is mourning and you're curling your hair, putting on makeup and clicking your heels. Let me set the bear loose on you. <laughs> it's an amazing tanchuma that Medrash R- Rashi is citing. So now let's go back with this piece of information about the word melacha, having fleshed it out even more. What's it got to do with the melacha? So And And by reading this, it, it, it got me to that... Precipice to that edge of the cliff, because the the Medrash makes no bones about it. He becomes Yosef atsadik when he finally resists her. Right. So the debate in Sota thirty six between Rav and Shmuel was there because it said Lasos Malachto is the Lasos Malachto the Mishkan, or is it Josephs doing his hair and makeup and curling his and clicking his feet? Is that the different task of... The Hebrew about Yosef again, where Malacha is in in Yosef. So Rashi says, Yefas Toa. Um, So he came to do Malachto, But before that it said, By Yehi Yosef, Yefas Toa of Yefas Mare. Which... And that Yefas Toa and Yefas Mare being brought up here, Brings us back to the original and the Genesis, rubber effeminate behavior of a now. So, Lassos malachto means not Beis creating, building 39 malachas, but it's a euphemism for his salacious intent. So, all day I'm bothered by this outrageous connection of the comparison of the meloch and building the mishkan, and Joseph's bookkeeping or euphemistic seduction. And then I realized the key word is vayovu habaysar. I was looking at the wrong word. It's the word lasos, Malachto. That the lasos is the tasking of the melacha. Hear me out. It's the combination of Melocha lasos, like in the beginning of Genesis, Asher Boralahim lasos, it hit upon me that the word lasos was going to be the operative word. Because the word lasos is the operative word unique to Melechas Amishkon. It's not just Melocha. Going back to the original creation story, Asher borolahim lasos, right? And every time in the creation of the Mishkan, the operative word is lasos. So now comes the crunch in Medrash Rabbah. Lasos Malachto, and Joseph came to do his work. Well, what work was it? We have a machlokas between Rav and Shmuel. Was it bookkeeping or was it seduction? Rav Shmuel Nachman said, Lasos Malachto, his work, for sure. Ve'ain Ish, and there was no man there in the house on that fateful day. That means during his Malacha, his seduction. Now, listen to what. If it couldn't be written, I wouldn't have said it, okay? He saw. In the middle of his malocha, in the middle of the seduction, ain ish, that he couldn't be a man. Whilst he was seducing her, he saw vayar ki ain ish that his manliness couldn't become erect. That's the ain ish, meaning that his sexuality was called into question. He was doing his work; the intention was there to seduce. There ain't ish, but it couldn't con, con, couldn't be consumed. Why? Because there was no lassos to the malacha. He was doing a malacha without the lassos. There was no consummation of the malacha. God's creation is only fulfilled with the malachto asher osor. That he had, the malacha is just the task. The Lassos, Asher also, is the completion of the mission, of the task. His Lassos is forever enshrined, then, in Shabbos. Asher bar Lassos, it means that we now, in the recreation of Shabbos every week, also refrain from creative activity like he did, connecting the Melechus HaMishkon of the Lassos with the 39 Malochus of Shabbos. Which breaks it, just brings us back to the same question about Joseph. The foil character then that connects the creation of the world and the creation of the Mishkan is the decreation of the world in the Joseph story that ends up in the 10 plagues. 10 acts of creation followed by Shabbos, 10 plagues of decreation, and 10 commandments from the Mishkan and the commandments that are the recreation of the microcosm of the world. And in the middle of this is hinging the Joseph Melacha, the consummation or non-consummation of his Melocha. It sounds very dark. It sounds ridiculous. What's his seduction got to do with Melocha? Well, his Melocha was a failed Lassos. He discovered his intent was coming to the master's house to consummate his seduction, the anish, but he couldn't consummate it. His creative or procreative, albeit illicit mirroring of the divine act of creation had no consequence because the object of desire was illicit. In the end, he will marry the daughter, Right, osnas bas potiphera. He will find the correct receptacle for his melacha, and out of it will come the northern tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. But at this point, the divine act of creation that he was mirroring, as all men do in an act of creation, right? The act of intimacy is a reproduction of the original act of creation. Had no consequence, no completion that could result in a child. The way Shabbos uh, is the daughter of God. So I wanted to take it in terms of my avodas Hashem. How do I? What do I learn from all of this? What makes him Yosef the tzaddik? Remember that in the act of consummation, the rabbis told us many times he had the image of his father that came to him, right? And there's a Gemara. A very very suggestive Gemara in Horios that if a person is engaged in intimacy and his wife notes a drop of blood of Nida, what can he do? He's stuck. Uh, He is hard. He is in a bind because if he carries on, he's over an an Issidiraisa chorus, and if he because she's a Nida now, and if he's poresh, if he withdraws, that may cause a premature uh, ejaculation, which is also a problem. Hutzar Zera Levatola. So what should he do? And so the Gemara actually says he should dig his nails into the wall or the ground to cause himself pain, and that will cause him to go limp. And the Medrash Empircator of laser then says that in the middle of the act, Yosef realized he saw the fathers, uh, he saw his fathers, he saw the voice of a bus call saying to him, your father's sitting in mourning and you're, ha- you're messing around with Mrs. Potiphar, really? You think I'm going to make you one of the tribes of Israel? <laughs> Whatever the thing is, he had this attack of conscience and he dug his 10 fingers into the ground and the Zerah came out of the 10 fingers. So we see that at some point it wasn't consummated Ainish, ish he, he couldn't consummate it. And so for me, what is he doing? He is Yosef the Tzaddik, not Yosef the godel not Yosef the Chacham, not Yosef the perfect one, he's Yosef the Tzaddik. And the Tzaddik's role is precisely to descend into that world of illicit desire, to descend into the world where we, stuck in the blotter, are located, We suffering with addictions of that nature and to come and rescue us from that through his example, through his archetype, uh, through his showing us the way out of the blotter. Well, you cannot do that by preaching. You cannot do that with moralism and pietism. You can only do that with... Yosef the Tzaddik, when he says, She tells her husband he left his bigdo, his beged, which also could be his bogeid, his failure to consummate the relationship. That was a failure and that was a rebellion against me. What kind of a woman? I couldn't arouse him to consummate the act. His bogeid, he left his beged with me. Yosef is teaching us, suffering from the same kind of addictions by Achutza, to flee outside to the safety and sanctity of the Mishkan, of the bias of normative praxis, leaving the beggar behind. To rescue us who have failed in their lassos, in their succumbing to the desires of the flesh, Yosef above all is the archetype of failure, which allows us to breathe. That makes him the tzaddik. No wonder the Gemara cannot count his Malocha among for 39. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have a wonderful Thank week. You.